world of e-commerce can be tricky, and that's why you need the experts to help take you to the next level. This is Delivering E-Commerce, and this is Chris Parsons. Hey, welcome to Delivering E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chris Parsons, and I'm excited to be live for the first time on LinkedIn. And I'm most excited about being live with Isaac Wanzam, a great partner of mine in the industry for many, many years. And I, I'm looking forward to this. I'm checking out LinkedIn on the on the side here, Isaac, to see how it actually shows up live. Um, so far, no indication to me, but uh, this this should be exciting. No, no. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much for having me. I know that uh, when you started this, this podcast a while ago, I'm like, okay, I got to do this show with you. Uh, I want to congratulate you already 10 episodes in, in a, in a few short weeks, some really great, uh, you know, guests so far. Congratulations. Thank you, Isaac. And, you know, actually, I just um, been changing messages. So I was going to save this, but actually, you know what, I'll bring it up today because um, I had confirmation from uh, somebody in the industry that I I never thought would say yes. Um, so if this doesn't happen, I'm jinxing myself. But uh, <laughs> uh, Mitch Joel will be uh, will be joining me on uh, an interview, and he's the author of Six Pixels of Separation, Control of oh, wow. and and so forth. So I'm excited to be able to interview Mitch um, over the next few weeks. And uh, but most importantly. I'm just so honored to have you here with me. Uh, you've taught me a lot in the in the industry. Uh, we've partnered together at a number of different companies, and I'm always learning from you and your team. I find that uh, the group is just so responsive, respectful, and it's just that's the win-win relationship that you always look for as a retailer with with an agency partner. So, Isaac, let's get in first before we talk about Geekspeak. Let's talk sure. about you. I want sure. to know your journey. I want to know what has uh, was brought you and led you to where you are today. Sure. Yeah, fantastic. And, and uh, it's been certainly an interesting uh, journey. Uh, I'm uh, originally from Uganda. I came to Canada in 1984 out there about. So I really jumped in, uh, went to school here. Uh, and eventually ended up at Ryerson. Uh, I thought I was going to be a land use planner. I uh, believe it or not, that was that was my, uh, you know, the journey so far from that perspective. Uh, and then I ended up in communications. Uh, my journey led me to working with uh, a lot of large corporations on that side. I think the first big gig was probably at Bell Canada. I was part of the corporate communications team there, really helping managing government affairs and talking to consumers around uh, some of the directions and policies, obviously that uh, you know affecting uh, Bell Canada as such as a, as a large uh, you know telecom. Uh, and of course, their customers as well. Uh, that led me into the world of advertising and specifically ad agencies, uh, also in in com, uh, you know, managing projects. Uh, of course, working with a lot of uh, enterprise level customers. Uh, as the internet became a thing, this whole world of digital, uh, and that would have been like aging myself here, but ninety eight, <laughs> ninety nine, uh, a lot of that began to be more and more important in terms of how the world was going to change. Uh, at that time, there was still no e-commerce yet, which is where I am right now. Uh, but you could see that the way that people receive information, the way that you know, companies serve their customers uh, was really going to be, you know, really impacted and affected by how, uh, you know, digital was evolving. Uh, so, you know, early on there, I, I did my time with a, a new run. Uh, I did some uh, some work in McLaren McCann uh, as a client. And then eventually it just made sense to say, you know what, I really want to stake my, uh, my opportunity here as an entrepreneur. So I set up uh, Geekspeak in 2003, uh, you know, really working as uh, a content developer uh, for agencies. Uh, from there, uh, the team expanded. We brought more people on. 
then about you know six, seven, or you know, ten years after that, we really saw the pivot into e-com. This is where people actually started buying things online, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, being on the agency side, you kind of you just saw that there was this gap where agencies you could do a lot of large campaigns and do really great creative, but when it comes when it came to actually producing content that would drive uh, e-com sales, nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody wanted to create product description for 50,000 SKU, uh, SKUs or screwdrivers or whatever it is. Uh, but we saw an opportunity as really somewhere to really stake our ground. Uh, and that's really where it started. We shaped our services. We grew. Uh, and we really proved ourselves and have done that uh, in the industry, you know, certainly with uh, great customers as yourself. And, and a lot of the large companies have trusted us uh, and allowed us to really be part of their growth as e-com has grown. Uh, you know, fast forward a bit here. Uh, we got a very, very seasoned team. Uh, there's you know, kind of fluctuate between 20 to 50 people, depending on, on what we're working on. Uh, but it's been exciting. Uh, you know, it's, it's a space that's very dynamic. You're not working with the same client. You're not working on the same product. Uh, the, the channel self-evolved. There's new technology. So uh, long answer there, but it's been exciting. But uh, certainly a, a journey that has been about innovating and pivoting and, and really seeking as an entrepreneur where the opportunity is. I love your story, but I love the piece where you said we just decided to open up GeekSpeak. Like, there, it wasn't that simple. I'm sure it was like there's as an entrepreneur, you're you're figuring out can I sustain the lifestyle from doing this? What's my revenue? What's my salary needs going to be? Do you, do you want to talk or dive into any of those? Like, how did you really say you know what? I think this is something here that we're going to be able to make work, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think there was a, there was almost like a pivotal moment where. I, really started working as, as, as a content creator, really as a freelancer, mm-hmm. uh, where companies would say, you know, I'm you know, launching a brochure, I'm, I'm, I'm launching my small business. And, you know, what small businesses were facing then is no different than they are now. I mean, they'll do what they do and what they're good at, whether it's their plumbers or their bakers or, or doctors or otherwise, uh, or, or clinicians. But the content and communication is typically where they lack. So very early on, we saw that, okay, you know, if we're able to do enough of these, we have sustainable uh, service offering. So from that, you know, the team certainly grows because now it's like, well, you know, we created my content, but now I need it in French. So then Geekspeak brings on a translator. Now, well, I don't want to have to go find somebody to design and leave this thing out. Now we bring, we bring out our designers. So we kind of grew that way. And I think a lot of that kind of came from my experience in corporate communications and certainly working for these large agencies. Uh, we knew how to set up systems properly. We knew, we knew how to manage accounts. We knew how to, uh, you know, sort of build long-term uh, rollout. So really learning in Toronto and in the ad agencies and Cassette is somewhere I spent time uh, really seeing that firsthand, uh, you know, allowed me to build a boutique agency that eventually focused in a very narrow uh, area that we became experts on. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. I always worried that, okay, am I going to make enough uh, to, to pay what I got to do? Absolutely. And I think that never changes. It's, it's funny as your team grows, because not only do you worry about yourself, but you're also worried about the people uh, who are very, very good and they're committed to your vision, they're committed to the team, they're committed to their clients. Uh, ultimately, you got to make sure they're okay as well. So, you know, those, you know, thoughts and, and sort of your considerations never really go away, uh, especially as you know, somebody who's, you know, uh, in a leadership position. Yeah, and especially as someone that cares about his people, right? Like, it's one thing to be an entrepreneur startup and just hire some people, have, having them help you get to the next level. But right. if you're doing it and it's a partnership, and they're there for long-term growth as well as your success, and you start to care, I mean, you, you tend to lose sleep at times um, worrying about not only your own success, but, you know, 
taking care of those people and making sure that they, them and their families are, are taken care of. So, and I know that's, that's you, you have a lot of empathy and care for people. So I can imagine um, those, those type of stresses on an, on, on an entrepreneur, but at the same time, it's gotta be motivating because um, you have all of this responsibility and accountability for the success of, of your team. And uh, I think I would love to hear about how you, how you manage that type of uh, thought process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's Chris make a very important point, point, point there. Uh, it, it is about uh, caring about you know, who you're working with, where they're working, and beyond just the, the people who are on your, on your team themselves, uh, everybody they're responsible for. So that kind of comes through as part of the culture of the company itself. So you want to make sure that, uh, A, you're managing, because you're, you're not managing a company, you're managing everything else that goes with it. So ultimately, it, it, it is a point of balance. It is, uh, you know, you know, Clients bring in work. You have to manage those budgets properly so work is finished as, as it should be, uh, and you essentially delivering on, on, on a promise. Because ultimately, the reason we have been around and, and GS has been around for almost 19 years now is, is that ability to actually do and deliver on that. Uh, and a lot of the team members, you know, they come here. Sometimes they'll go and, and they'll try something else, and ultimately, so what brings them back is some of that. Uh, that, 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 that empathy and care for each other. And it's not just myself. I think it permeates through uh, the, the leadership overall. And I think that's very, very important. And it, it, it is a balance. I mean, it, it's, it's our job, uh, especially as, as leaders, to, to, to innovate and find out where is business going next because we want to remain competitive. Uh, we want to ensure that we're continuing to produce and, and give value uh, to customers such as yourself so we have uh, you know, a job to come to. So that's all part of that, <laughs> uh, of, of the vision of the management that goes with it. And I think more importantly is, is getting uh, some great people around you. We have some great managers. Uh, you know, Trisha, who you work with, is, is one of them, uh, somebody who understands the vision and also has strong organizational and uh, you know, training and coaching uh, to just make everybody better. And everybody you know, that they walk out here, they walk out with a better resume uh, than they came in with. Uh, which is something that's very, very important to me because we want to make that part of your experience here. And ultimately, that's what uh, you know, grows your company. Yeah, and I, I love Trisha. I think she is a brand ambassador for Geek Speak. She is what the culture represents, and she is a professional. Um, she's not afraid to speak up and say, Chris, I don't think you're going down the right path here, which right. is great because you, you don't want agencies that just say yes to every idea that you have. You want agencies to be thoughtful and come come in with some insights, some experience, and, and be able to direct you um, as well as, you know, deliver on what you're asking, but at the same time, um, based on their best practices and the fact that they're dealing with so many retailers, be able to speak up and not be afraid to have that, that back and forth dialogue. And she's, she's a true ambassador of your brand. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really kind words to say for sure. And that's something that uh, we, we definitely want to foster. And I think you made a, a very important point there. Uh, when you work with one retailer, one brand, you kind of almost get caught up in that one space uh, because that's what you see every day. Uh, the benefit we find, uh, and you know, everybody probably attests to this, is that we work with such mid-sized, large-sized retailers, brands themselves. So a lot of the best practices that you see uh, you know, as part of this project, whether we're bringing them or we actually learn them from our customers as well, uh, also come to bear on what we do. So uh, when you're working with a large international brand, uh, like, like New Balance, for example, who we work with, we're seeing what the global picture is in terms of how they're positioned are. 
when you work with, with Amazon, you kind of see how they're uh, leading the content space, for example, and the customer experience. And of course, you work with Canadian retailers, uh, the specific elements within that kind of shape that overall. So we're able to bring that right across. So you know, when you reach out to say, you know, what's going on out there? What is, where is this trend going? Uh, it's really benefiting from that. That's how uh, we think our customers are. So let's talk about some of those trends. I mean, you, you mentioned it in your in one of your answers there that you you always want to stay on point and uh, stay ahead of the trends. Uh, where's where's e-commerce and retail and content going right now? And that's three <laughs> questions in one, by the way. <laughs> one. Yeah, I, it's, it's a course. I, I think they're all interrelated, but I think they all come down to to the same bottom line: is you know how are we serving our customers? By customers, we mean uh, the consumers in the end who are coming to home hardware, who are coming, uh, you know, to Walmart or, or Staples or, or Amazon. How are we providing the best value for them? And where are they shopping? Uh, where are they getting, uh, you know, the products and services they need? So ultimately, I think our job is to understand that, and that that has evolved, and you've seen that uh, change over the past 15, 20 years, uh, where where it was all about desktops, we shaped and, and produced and delivered on that platform because that's where all your customers are. Where and it was very important to show that we had. Things like site speed and, and optimization and, and pages that loaded well and, and, and cars that made sense. So uh, as a change to mobile uh, and as a change to you know social and so on and so forth, uh, ultimately the, the, the path has the path and the objective uh, has remained much the same. Where we are right now is I think we're seeing a move away uh, from, from desktop as an example. It's not as prominent as, as, as it once was. More and more purchases obviously being made on mobile. So how are the brands uh, and sort of uh, you know, retailers and you know, you know your partners and ourselves adopting to that? So e-com is becoming very much uh, mobile, and then even within mobile, what is the framework that is that it's actually going to exist on? Is it your website or is it an, any other you know platform within that, i.e., social? You know, where does Instagram fit in for you? What is uh, you, know, you know Facebook and, and now TikTok coming on board? How that how is that affecting? So. Those are certainly where the trends are going. Uh, we're also seeing uh, changes along where, uh, you know, who is authentic voice? Who is the trusted voice when it comes to brands speaking to, to customers? Uh, at one point, I could, you know, I was in an agency. I could develop an ad and say, you know what? Our product does this. These are the features and this is what it's about. Uh, that still remains very important. But we're seeing more and more so that the authenticity of, you know, peers on this platform is what's driving sales. So, you know, influencer marketing and people that are voices that are trusted. So all these trends kind of uh, interrelate and play a certain role in terms of where e-com itself is going uh, and certainly how it's shaping uh, how product is sold. So I think it's very, very important as you know, you know, folks in the space that we understand that and certainly prepare that with the right tools, with the right communication, with the right engagement uh, and the right metrics uh, in terms of helping, uh, helping you know, products move. Yeah, I love the point about the being authentic and trustworthy, that type of messaging from a brand perspective. It's not just about putting about A-plus content, but you have to be authentic with that information. And and I remember going to, I think it was a Canada Post conference a number of years ago, and they brought in some guest speakers and some agencies. And one of the agencies showed, and uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was Crayola. Crayola had this um, new toy out in the market, and what it did was it created... Um, bubbles and the bubbles were were infused with color right and we pressed this gun and all kinds of but what was happening on this gun it was leaking all over customers hands, <laughs> putting dye on their hands right and they they still asked an agency to bring this to life in, in tv and oh, wow. and show this great 
commercial of kids engaging with this product. And the, the agency rep said, uh, as much as I love the Crayola brand, until this problem is fixed, I, we're not putting our name out there representing this. The product was a great idea, but it was it was defective. Sure. And it was this this entrepreneur saying he pro he lost the he lost the bid he lost the account because there was a rush to market with this, um, and because he wanted to make sure his reputation was protected and not go out to to market with with something that was definitely going to get a lot of negative reviews. Um, he, he turned down the business. So as you're building that trust and with your own brand, and it's important for retailers, if, if you, do you have the confidence and I'm sure you do. So I'm asking probably a stupid question here, but it's one that I think is critical to come across. Whereas there needs to be integrity on both parts. And, um, how much do you protect your integrity of, of your brand versus going after closing an account? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, 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 a, that's a very, very important question. And I think to me, uh, as a business owner, it really uh, comes down to, am I looking for the short-term gain or am I looking to build a business that's going to be here for, for a long time? Whether I'm running or somebody else comes in from a succession plan and does it, uh, you know, what does that really mean? So, I mean, you could always uh, close an account quickly by you know, presenting something that may be inaccurate or whatever the case is, and you may win that. Uh, that, that specific uh, business opportunity, but what does that do about relationships that you have, uh, you know, five, 10 years from now? Do people walk away and say, you know what, you know, what do you think about Geeks? Because this this space is very, very small, obviously, Chris, you know that. So, and that comes down to making the right, you know, uh, you know decisions and the right uh, selection in terms of who you work with. Uh, but also I think being fair to your staff and people who are part of your team and also your clients as well, billing fairly, uh, being transparent, uh, in what they do. And I think it's ultimately what uh, was it all about. I'll tell you a quick story. I remember uh, I was working with, with a big retailer at one point and we ended up in a situation, situation where they somehow paid our invoice twice, right? And because they were so large, we would send it back and they'd say, you know what? Uh, you know, no, no, you, you guys don't take that. But it was so important that say, you know what? You guys made this mistake and this error and we're correcting that really spoke to our integrity as a company. So that Things like that are just part of the culture. Uh, if a customer is not happy, they want something corrected. We we're not going to uh, do a customer wrong uh, just to make that one that one that one sale. And I think that permeates it. for us also uh, as consumers. There's nothing worse than buying something from somebody or even some of these large companies. You, you try to take it back, and it's like forget. It. It's like you, know, you really ask why really fight me on this one you know purchase here when you know that I'm a lifetime customer. Right. So so ultimately that's where the you know we're, we're we see things. Uh, it's, it's, it's a win right now, and that also comes down to uh, you know the, the kind of products, the kind of the kind of you know, companies we work with, because we do have our own values internally. So there's certain categories, uh, for example, that we you know typically won't work in. Like you know, I'll say firearms as an as an example. We've been approached with large uh, gun retailers, and with all the things that happen around around you know sort of uh, shootings and sort of things of that nature, you know, we question whether we want to help sell more guns. Right. As an example, so I think as an agency, and it'll vary from one company to another, and you have your own uh, value system. But there's some things that you just understand that okay, this doesn't align uh, with our own cultural values uh, as an organization, and those sometimes will vary and change over a period of time. Uh, but ultimately, you know, you have the opportunity to make those decisions, and, and I think they're important. I agree. It sounds like you found your why, 
And uh, you know what I'm talking about with the, the why, if you've, if anyone's ever listened to Simon Singh talk about understanding your why as an individual and as an organization, when you're applying for different jobs, you're going to want to understand your why, because if their culture, if their ethics, if their um, way they operate, don't align with yours, you're not going to have success. And the same with you taking on clients. If it's, if they're not following the same why that you have and the same values that you have in place, you'll get that first contract, but there will not be a long-term relationship because it just, it won't work. It won't fit. It won't feel good. Uh, so that's great that you, you uh, have those morals to stand by and just be very structured with those things. It, it pays off long-term. So let's, let's talk a little bit about geek speak and how you engage with, with retailers, what's that starting point to, you know, really understand a retailer and then come up with solutions that are going to benefit, whether it be on e-commerce or just, hey, you started out and you were working on graphics and pamphlets and stuff like sure. that. So, how do you how do you go through that journey with your partners? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, our, our partners find us a lot of different ways. I mean, the, the most traditional way is that really uh, somebody would visit you know, geekspeakcommerce.com, which is our website, and they'll kind of understand a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes they won't be sure, and they'll, they'll book a call. Uh, and we typically call this the initial strategy call, a consultation call, to understand uh, really where our customers are in their journey. Uh, and and there's, a, there's a range. Uh, certainly there's degrees of sophistications where someone may be a large retailer and they've got a, you know, a large team. And there's just some very specific challenges that they need addressed. Uh, in, in other cases, people who are early on on the DTC uh, journey. So we've had um, uh, somebody may have been a distributor for a long time, but now they really understand that they want to maintain and own that relationship with their customers. So they need some support in that. Uh, and then in, in some cases, it's, it's people who are or agencies who are a lot, you know, sorry, clients who are, who are a lot smaller. I'm launching a new product. Here's, uh, here's you know, what I want to get to market. I've got a vision. This is going to be big one day. I need you to help me with my journey. So that initial consultation is really the first part in understanding where the customers are. And then from there, it's really stepping up uh, and, and really creating a plan in terms of how do we execute. Uh, if somebody has or a client has, you know, you know, you know entry uh, you know, objectives they want to get into the EU market, as an example. We'll draw out a plan for that. We'll select countries. We'll uh, talk about an onboarding plan. Uh, certainly, if it's a large, you know, we try to improve usability in our, in our website, we'll map out that as well. So, uh, you know, once we've kind of got to that point, is really uh, laying out a delivery plan, which is, you know, phase one, we'll do this, phase three, phase four, and so on. So, has really been uh, a successful approach. Certainly, there's a lot of uh, more granular. Uh, sort of project execution standpoints that the rest of the team could talk uh, probably a lot more, uh, but ultimately that's where we we, we kind of we, we kind of start off and end up. We understand the vision where you're trying to be then very very specific in terms of how we're going to get there. Uh, you know, measuring and ensuring that we you know, achieve uh, success in terms of what we wanted to do, whether that's in, in, in targets uh, around sales or you know, SKUs online or you know regions that your product is in are all part of our measures, but certainly very, very important to understand, you know, where do we want to go uh, jointly as a team? Because I think uh, at that point, GS and, and our clients, we really become a, a melded team that has, uh, you know, leadership on our side, so leadership on, on the client side. Uh, and then it's, it's a matter of uh, ongoing execution one by one. That's great. And <clears throat> I think you touched on something that I think was important, not necessarily for GeekSpeak, but just as a best practice for um, anyone that's listening that wants to get into doing their own business. And one of the things you were, you were talking about is the stuff that you're engaged in. So um, one of the things I remember distinctly about you, Isaac, was um, 
we met at a Rakuten conference, and then we bumped into each other at um, an ETL conference, and then we bumped into each other at another event. So while we weren't necessarily um, engaged in any work at that time, you you constantly networked, and you were constantly giving time to me or you know Tim Mayer, for example, who was on my team, and those are the the things that I think you know represent GeekSpeak, represent companies that I have strong affinities for, is that they're engaged. They're, they're, in order to provide a retailer with a good solution, you can't just sit in your office and um, think that you're going to understand the retailer. You have to go to these events and network. And I think there's one event that you are always posting about a hackathon uh, event. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'll, I'll say that you're absolutely right because, I mean, uh, being part uh, of the innovations, being part of the ecosystem, right? And is listening to conversations like this. I listened to the one that uh, you had with uh, uh, with Johnny on the, on the last one. Really amazing. I can't wait to, to hear more about this this uh, leadership, uh, you know, literature that is coming out. So those, those to me and the rest of our team is, is how we stay current. Is uh, certainly in the past, we haven't been able to travel as much, uh, but there's a lot of content still. Certainly, certainly, certainly that's where it is. Now, uh, we are also about bringing communities together around innovation. So about four years ago, believe it or not, we started an event uh, and it's part of our giving back to the community, especially Durham where we located. Uh, the event is called Hack for Good. Uh, so the intent is literally to uh, you know, bring together smart people, uh, give them uh, a specific goal and target and have them deliver something in 36 hours. So uh, typically what we have done and this year was virtual, but you know, we'd open up our office, which is really this awesome office. And people would come in like on a Friday afternoon and nobody's leaving until 36 hours later on, 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 the, uh, on the Saturday. So we sleep here, you know, the community participates, the restaurants donate food. Uh, we've had a lot of great sponsorship from corporate, uh, you know, Staples, TD, uh, you know, folks of that nature have really sponsored this event in the past. So uh, the theme changes uh, every year uh, because we very much interested about solving the world's problems, which is definitely outside e-com. Uh, we started off with Code Green, which was all about addressing environmental changes, uh, environmental issues. So things like climate change and food sustainability. So these teams in pods of five came up with some great tech. Uh, last year was uh, AI for Good, which was all around how we are using technology, specifically artificial intelligence, uh, to address world issues. But while considering all the challenges go within that. So people came up with tools that would predict illnesses and be able to, to read, uh, you know, all different kind of uh, diagnostic, uh, you know, images and so forth. So that's what that was. Now, this year was Body Hack, which was really awesome because uh, it was all about health. So uh, we're in the fourth year and next year we're going to the fifth year. So uh, for us, and talk about team culture and bringing, you know, people together for something that has nothing to do with uh, online buying, that event is, is amazing. The team really digs in and led and organized uh, by uh, by a team uh, team member Suzanne Hicks who's who's in our team kind of leads that uh, but it's fantastic because you know mayors come in and politicians come in and community comes in and you kind of have this amazing dynamic energy for like 36 you haven't seen people stay up for 36 hours straight uh, it's it's really really cool and we're hoping to bring it back in person next year for sure but uh, it's it's one of our most proud uh, events for sure uh, as an organization. Yeah, I love it. I want to yeah. be there next year. I think I can absolutely twenty four hours. I might fall asleep for the rest. But, um, I, we'll, we'll give it a go. But I, I do love that that innovation about you and how you're bringing community together and how you're. It's not only about hacking; it's about how you can do 
good with with this event. So good on you. Congratulations on that. I, I noticed the posts uh, a few weeks ago when when it was up there, and I just I didn't even get a chance to engage with you. I've been so busy trying to pull newcomers <laughs> to uh, to life that it's right. a whirlwind. Um, so let's get back to Geek Speak and. and Sure. You're, you're partnered with many of the major retailers in the business and you're constantly working with them. What is the biggest trend right now? Is it still the A-plus content that it was a few years ago? Is it now relooking and making sure the navigation is more consumer-friendly? Where where do you see it right now? And, and I know I'll throw out the term that I hate, but I use it so often, is omni-channel um, and how you get those websites and digital experiences really engaged at store level. Where do you see things right now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, a very good question, uh, uh, Chris. Yeah, so f- absolutely for sure. I, th- I think uh, you know we saw tremendous growth, obviously, uh, with a lot of our retail partners, specifically in, in the past uh, you know twelve months, that really ca- caused them to move uh, and invest very, very quickly. Uh, as far as, as content, uh, there's a good number that is still in this place of we need to optimize and have a better content experience for our customers because when they you know come online and we finally have spend the ad dollars or, or whatever it is. We want them to, to understand what they're buying, and that drives our conversions and, and sales and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that still uh, remains that. Uh, the, the, the need for enriched content uh, in, in, in the form of, of A+, I, th- I think it's amazing. Uh, and I think it's an amazing opportunity for sure. Uh, Amazon has proven that uh, over and over again. You know, just tell uh, tell people, you know, and shoppers what they're getting and you know how they could use this product. Uh, so we do a lot of that for our customers on those platform, uh, specifically uh, Amazon, and that's that's definitely the way to go. Uh, when it comes to you know where does Omnichannel fall in, and, and uh, you know how do you know how do these all blend together? I think you've said it yourself in the past. It's just you need to serve your customer. Uh, you need to, to serve your customer where they are and, and when they're ready for your product. But uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of silos still. Uh, I think there's going to be less of that uh, as, as we move forward in, in 2021 and 2022 because this, you know, really these teams have had to come to work together to, to fulfill. Even when stores still alone, stores ha- have in some cases become the fulfillment center uh, for the e-com team. So uh, we're seeing some really good collaboration, which I'm very, very excited about because I think that's going to break a lot of the walls uh, and have these teams actually work together between the, the vendor managers and, and the buyers and, and uh, the in-store teams and certainly the e-com teams, which uh, have always kind of been in the background a little bit, but certainly uh, have come up front. Uh, then, you know, let's, let's, get, let's talk about experience. I think that has become pivotal. Uh, we, we, you and I are in Ontario Nobody's been able to go to the store, uh, you know, for periods of time, sometimes months. So being able to really shape that 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 you know that experience online, whether it's through you know navigation and, and building taxonomy and hierarchies, actually speak to uh, to how people navigate through a site, has become critical. Because if I can't walk into a store, but I can buy your product, you know, and and really my website is like really one of the only ways I could sell right now. Uh, that could become quite detrimental. So uh, all those things kind of kind of work together. Uh, you know, we, we you know we're hoping to see some 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 really cool innovations come. Uh, we you know and I have talked a little bit about live streaming in the past and how that uh, video content is going to help drive uh, engagement and build some of the some of those authenticities. So I'd love to see some of that content kind of come into. Uh, you know how you know, we help our customers understand and you know influencers is not just you know people in you know. You know in fancy hats, it could be you know people building things and explaining how to uh, put up a shed, uh, and, and that kind of authenticity is, is what you know, is going to drive that in a lot of different categories. So, I'd love to see some of that for sure, and uh, I suspect uh, you know, the Canadian market is going to get there. 
Yeah, I mean, just off of my own little experiment here of doing this podcast, I see my engagement levels going up. I know it takes a commitment to keep producing weekly content, but I do think that yeah. retailers need to, maybe the first video, the first 10 videos won't get the amount of plays that you would like, but over a period of time, you start to see that engagement and that curating of a community start to build. And I, I really do believe uh, in the video, I mean, I can see my results already over a month and a half changing. Um, never mind a big brand, and if they put a commitment behind this, there was there was one thing you were touching on with the content there that you know I when I have conversations with my team or and any of the new teams that I've had in the past, where I try to show them uh, or explain to them the value of content, whether it be a blog, a buying guide, you know your product content is. Um, I say this to them. So if these are, I have so many stupid sayings, but this is one of them. So it, it might stick with you. Um, basically, when, when you throw a party, if you have a party and you invite 50 people over to your party and then they go into your fridge and there's nothing there, there's no food, there's no beer, there's no wine, that party's over. <laughs> gone, they check out. So that, that, that food, the wine, um, all of those things are your content. And when you invite through whatever ads, organic display, when you invite all of these people into your house, your brand, your website, and if you don't have good content there, they're bouncing, they're gone. So I know it's a silly thing to compare it to, but it's to me, it was just a way to get people to understand. They're right. Like how many people would sit at a party with no food, no drink? Nobody. They're gone. Absolutely. Same thing with our website. It has to be structured properly, easy to navigate and have the right value of content for the consumer to digest. Otherwise, they're on to the next website. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Chris, you're absolutely right. I, I love your, your analogy of a party because essentially that's what it is. I mean, you, you and, and, and it's funny because we'll, uh, give ad dollars to, to, to the ad group and they'll do television and they'll do radio and they'll say, go to retailer.ca, right? And whatever the case is. So, which is great. Cause I mean, let's drive this, 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 this traffic uh, and get people there. But once they're there, to your point, how do we meet the, the, the expectations we've set for them? Right. We've got great deals. We've got, you know, we're the experts on X. Are you demonstrating that? Right. And, and I think that's all part of what that content is, whether it's, you know, rich, you know, descriptions that tell me right to the last bit, how this power drill is going to work or how this you know, pair of jeans is going to fit me uh, or, you know, you know, blogs that give me ideas on how to do X. So I think that's all part of the commitment that we have to fulfill uh, as retailers when we bring the customer to, to the page. So next time they're here, they're like, you know what, I'm not going through that again because uh, that's not what the experience was. And you, you avoid what, uh, what I call e-commerce fails, right? You, you, <laughs> you get this information that tells you X and you, you set these expectations or maybe you, you put a picture that doesn't give really perspective on how small this thing is. So in my mind, I'm expecting this big poster that's going to go on my, on my wall. And then I get it's an eight by 10. So I think those are where you kind of, you, you make a brand promise or a retail promise or whatever the case is. And you want to meet that by ensuring that experience is the same when uh, your customer comes to the page. And ultimately that's satisfaction. And that's, you know, I'll come back because of what that experience was. And, and what's, what's even worse is that, uh, you know, you know, you you get somebody there. There'll be this terrible experience. Then they, they somehow muddle through and get what they need, and then you send them a survey saying, "How was your experience? We right. hope you like." So we've we've kind of managed some of these pieces the before and the after and whatever the cases. But I think sometimes that the actual event in itself uh, is is not complete. And I think there's a lot of room there uh, to 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 actually improve and work some of that. 
Yeah, and the, the image perspective is so key. Holy cow. That resonated to me. I, I was starving the other day and I went through a drive-thru. I get to the drive-thru and the poster's showing me this massive yeah. Yeah. breakfast sandwich or whatever it was. And I get back to my desk, I open them up bag and the thing's the size of a loony. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I needed 10 of them. Listen, the, the food industry has a lot to explaining. The food photography industry has a lot to do with that. Yeah, because I mean, there's, there's such a disparity in what it is. And I think we don't want to do that to e-com customers because then we're, we're dealing with returns. We're dealing with having to manage that dissatisfaction, which which costs you money, right? Because now you're dealing with that back and forth. You, you, you're dealing with having to extend your customer service because now you have a rate uh, an unhappy people. And ultimately that, you know, is, is damaging to, again, you and I start talking about how do you build a brand of authenticity to be around for a long time. And that's what it is, because if you damage that, you may get somebody fool me once uh, sort of scenario, but you're not getting that customer again. So you spend more time actually acquiring customers than maintaining uh, and growing the customers you have, which is uh, which is not a good thing to do. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I'm sitting here thinking, should I explain to our American audience what the uh, loony is? <laughs> or does everyone have that figured out by now? I'll let you Google it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Great, Isaac. Hey, so just a couple more questions for you. Um, first, where can people get a hold of you and connect with you? Because um, you know you are engaged on LinkedIn, and you, you always have thoughtful posts and recommendations for people. So I want to make sure that they can connect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, myself, as uh, as you, Chris, we're very, very active on LinkedIn. So Isaac Gonzama on LinkedIn is very easy to find me for sure. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Isaac at Geeksby Commerce or just visit geeksbycommerce.com. Uh, always happy to talk. Uh, you know, I'm one of those, uh, you know, players or, or folks in the industry who wants to talk to everybody in the space. I know there's sometimes some resistance that, well, we're competing or whatever the case is. I'm certainly of the belief that uh, there's enough customers and there's so much uh, opportunity here that we collectively grow uh, and become better, which is why you know we really contribute uh, a lot as an agency. You've seen we've got a point of purchase, which is our own show, uh, and we'll bring in folks. And Chris, you've been gracious enough to be part of that. So uh, ultimately, that's uh, where you could find me. And certainly, I'm, I'm open to connect and uh, you know, let's get let's get uh, the dialogue going and, and, uh, and improve each other. There is one more area to connect with you that I just learned recently and got an invite from you is on Clubhouse. Yes. Yes. And yeah. I bring that up because I've now participated on maybe four or five different events on Clubhouse. And, right. Um, it's uh, it's a different experience. I, I, I feel like I'm talking to myself because, you know, you're not you don't have the, the, the video connection there and you just have this this microphone that's flashing every once in a while. And um, I, I am enjoying it. I will have to say I'm a big fan of talk radio and it gives me that very same feeling of a talk radio when you're listening to a good host um, and they're going back and forth with their different panel guests. So thank you for introducing that to me. That's been fantastic. What do you think of it? Where do you see Clubhouse being of value to whether it's an individual for networking or a brand? Yeah, yeah. I think Clubhouse is great and I think you're going to see forums like that uh, that have come up uh, in, in, in the past 12 months continue. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to invite you to, to Twitter Spaces, which is a new one. So Twitter, Twitter took uh, essentially Clubhouse and they put it on their platform. So if, you, if you've got 600 uh, plus followers, you could actually open up a Twitter room the same way that you would on Clubhouse. So uh, I, I think from a, from a, an engagement and what's going on in this industry, I think Clubhouse is great, uh, especially in, in some of those uh, you know, specific you know, venues around uh, you know, marketing or CPG. There's a lot of uh, really, really smart uh, you know, folks out there. Uh, we hosted one with you, uh, obviously. We also hosted one with uh, Alibaba.com, uh, uh, who's one of our partners uh, from uh, 
uh, in, in some of the content space as well. Uh, and it was, you know, here's what we're doing. I find Clubhouse very uh, accessible and frank. I mean, you had, you know, merchants, for example, who were very interested in what Alibaba was doing for North, North American manufacturers. And in that forum, they could access the director uh, of, of, of marketing and, and strategy at Alibaba and answer very specific questions about where we're going. So it's, it's very intimate, and I think it's a great way to access uh, people without having to go through gatekeepers and get questions and, and customer service. So if somebody makes themselves available uh, and could answer questions, and I think for brands, that's fantastic. You, you get on there, you could speak to, here's our direction, here's our vision, and here's what we're doing, and here, here's we are with this moderator. You take questions, and I think that's, that town hall feel uh, has a very uh, sort of reach out uh, and connect uh, as, you know, aspect to it uh, that I think is amazing. Uh, Clubhouse has has hit that. I mean, uh, you know, over the past you know, eight months, they, they've grown tremendously. I'm curious to see how that translates on, on Twitter. I'd love to have conversations there because I mean, all of a sudden you're opening it to even a wider uh, wider audience for sure, who's keen uh, in our space about e-com and retail and, and merchandising and where's technology is going and where's all this going to fit in uh, and really have a, you know, a genuine and authentic ex- exchange, which is something that uh, that I'm always glad to be part of. Well, I'm looking forward to the invite on Twitter. I will have to, I haven't been on Twitter in a long time. I, I, I don't even remember my password probably to get into it, but uh, I will reactivate that and look forward to testing that one out with you. Um, yeah, I think Clubhouse has a real good spot in the industry. I think from what I've saw and what we've done, I think when when you talked about brand having to build um, and being being authentic, I think it's a great way for like so let's say my company here at Home Hardware, uh, my company is if I own it, but um, Home Hardware and you know the fact that we have this here's how, and if we can have a discussion with people, you know maybe it's a pro side of the business and we're talking about power tools and recommendations for building a deck and. You don't need a lot of visual for that, but just to have, you know, a product expert on there speaking with an audience about the pros and cons of a Milwaukee versus a DeWalt or whatever, I think right. it could be quite engaging for, for customers to, to be able to use a, a tool like that and just have an opening dialogue with a retailer. I mean, so many times you're just behind a brand, a logo, and you're not really having that chance to to communicate with with the experts or their suppliers and, and using a format or form like that, I think can be pretty interesting to test and learn from. So uh, I think um, yeah, I'm away from some information on how I, I plan on playing around with it, but uh, it's uh, I've I found it pretty intriguing. No, 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 I, I absolutely. And I think you made you, you, you made an excellent point there, Chris. It's like we kind of see these companies as logos, and Home Hardware is just a logo. But I think truly, in, in, in your case, as an example. Your assets is that is that know how is that expertise, and I think ultimately that's 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 what differentiates and sets you from anybody who's just selling product anywhere. So if if you're able to really leverage that, because it's it's an asset, how do we leverage our people to do, uh, you know, to, to do more and be part of our process? Uh, on our in our show point of purchase, I mean, I've done a few of them, but if you watch the last few ones, it's actually GeekSpeak team members that have come in to talk about how to optimize you know, the point of SEO and so on and so forth. So that's knowledge that's even deeper with them because they're in that every day. So for us as an organization not to, to leverage and, hey, help that team member grow because all of a sudden they may have been not capable of speaking in this forum, uh, but then also be able to 
you know, educate a wider uh, group of, uh, you know, of potential customers or customers, I think, uh, would, be, would be missed. Yeah, I love how you're growing your associates. One, you're leveraging a micro-influencer. Two, you're giving them the confidence to learn and get comfortable with public speaking. I had uh, Lou Pume at Walmart, who was uh, a mentor of mine. And at Walmart, on Monday mornings, you would have to go into the auditorium and you would talk about any of the accomplishments you had, your numbers. And the auditorium was literally like a 1,000 people sitting there every Monday morning that you would have to present with. And most of the other directors would go and do the speech and represent the whole department. So if it was operations speaking, it was the VP of operations. If it was merchandising, it was the VP of merchandising. Right. What Lou did was said, nope, he's not going to speak. He's going to put one of his managers up and have them go and speak and tell about their numbers and their success and their stories. Um, and I remember 2003, 2004, when I finally got the opportunity to, to speak, um, I was butterflies in the stomach. I, I, <laughs> like I thought, I thought if I mess up, my career's done with. And and Lou just kept. And I wasn't. I I got up there. I fumbled my words. I fumbled my numbers. It was nerve wracking. The next week, Chris go up again, and the next week, Chris go up again, and eventually, it became natural. And then all of a sudden, I now had the courage to go to an e-tail and do public speaking. But I wouldn't have had that courage if Lou didn't give me the opportunity in front of a safe audience, one that was not trying to be judgmental or critical, one that was supportive. And he knew that. I didn't. But he knew that at the time and just gave me that opportunity to grow me into you know, someone that would be able to do public speaking with now, I still get butterflies beforehand, but of course. it's not, it's not nearly that apprehension that it was in 2003. And that's all due to this gentleman's vision. And I think, you know, kudos on you, the, the more that you can give your team exposure to stuff like that, challenge them, put them in un- uncomfortable situations. Um, they may not realize it at the time, but you're doing them a service by doing that. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely going to see, because I mean, as, as we said at the top, uh, we've got a really, really uh, sharp team here, and they're so good at what they do. Uh, and you know, it, it, part of our role uh, when we're in this position of leadership is to do some of that. You know, let's help people grow their career. And as I said, uh, we want them to leave with you know, you know better resumes than they came in. And certainly, all those uh, are part of that calculus. Fantastic. Hey, I'm not going to keep you any longer. This has been great. I know people now know how to get a hold of you. Um, you guys are a fantastic partner. The, the one thing I will have to say, and, and I'm always speaking from, from my heart and my and I wear my emotions on my sleeve in most days, you are one of my best friends in the industry. I truly respect you. I look forward to watching everything that you do. I learn from you so much, Isaac. And um, I, there's, there's no better partner in the industry when it comes to not forget Geek Speak. I'm talking about Isaac, the man behind it. I truly appreciate you. I know when I talk to others in the industry, it's the same, same dialogue all the time. We just, we so there's so much love for you in this industry, and I greatly appreciate the fact that you've been a partner of mine for so long. Awesome, no, Chris. Uh, I, I do appreciate your sentiment. Thank you so much for wearing your emotion to sleeve. Uh, I'm going to express the same. I look forward to us all growing together because I mean. Uh, you know, we're, we're still very early in our careers. We're far from putting this down. So let's continue to innovate and just uh, do something fantastic. Thank you so much, Isaac. We'll, uh, we'll chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. You've been listening to Delivering E-Commerce. It's our passion to have on leaders and suppliers in e-commerce from around the globe, setting you and your strategy up for the next level. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. Connect with Chris on LinkedIn at Chris Parsons. On LinkedIn and Spotify at Delivering E-Commerce. Or on YouTube at Chris Parsons Delivering E-Commerce. Till next time, this is Delivering E-Commerce.